Hello. Let's gather back in. Good afternoon. My name is Damadala. I'm part of the team here at KXC. It's a joy to have you with us. We have two Bible passages this afternoon. I'm going to go ahead and read the first one, John chapter 15 from verse 9 to verse 17. John 15 verse 9 to verse 17. Jesus is speaking here and he says this, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love one another. Our second scripture today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13. It says this, three things will last forever faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. I'm going to say that one more time, and I'd love your support on the final word of that verse. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather before you. We thank you that you are with us always, and yet we praise you that you delight in the gathering together of your people. King Jesus, thank you that you are present here with us. I pray for grace for myself and my brothers and sisters to be present to you. And as we are so, that you would work in us in this time, that you might work through us. For the sake of the honor of the name of Jesus, for the sake of King's Cross, and for the sake of the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And just before we get going in earnest, I'd like to shout out those in the overflow. Can we get a holler from the overflow? <laughs> You guys might have a diminished view of the stage, but you do not have a diminished access to the presence of Jesus. So stay, stay focused in that space. Now today, there are two things I want to talk to you about this afternoon. The second is pattern. Let me get my trusty assistant. Pattern. This is the only visual aid I have, so please do enjoy it and drink it in. Now, pattern is a tool that we use here at KXC to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do the things that Jesus did. How this works is that we get into groups of three to four people of the same sex, and we go on a 
deeper discipleship journey with each other. We start off by sharing our stories with each other, recognizing that in such a fast-paced society and so transient a city, we don't really get to go into the depths of who we are and the stories so far. But in this space, we're intentional about sharing with vulnerability and transparency. And this is so that we can forge a certain type of bond with each other. But it is more than that to enable a space for the spirit to work in us and through us together as a group. And then going on from there, there are certain practices that have formed the people of Jesus into the likeness of Jesus over the past couple thousand years. And we want to take from that ancient wisdom and use it today, get the best of it today. And so we commit ourselves to these practices together in the context of community, of friendship, and of family. That's what pattern is. It's not a forever commitment. It's not like you're getting married. It is a fixed-term commitment that you has that option of renewal with. So there's a get-out clause for those who want it. But the heart behind it is for, the, for us to have relationships of depth as we pursue devotion to Jesus and conformity to his image together. And some of what I hope to do in this time is to sow the seeds of interest in you so that when the next pattern training night comes along, and the date for that is the 13th of February at 7 p.m. here in King's House, when that comes along or before that, you have a chance to think about pattern, work out it, whether or not it's something that you can commit to, and then to send a message to one or two people or three people that you think you'd like to go on the journey with for you guys to sign up together and come along to that night. So that's some of my agenda in this moment. I'm trying to disclose it up front. That's what, some of what I'm going for. That's number two. But if you can count, you know that there's a number one before that. So let me share with you the first thing I want to talk to you about this afternoon, and that is faith. You see, we have not recently come, not so long ago, come to the end of a year. And at some point, this year is going to end. And I know it's the 28th of January, but it is still January. So allow me to share a thought that I believe the Lord has to frame your year this year. You have come to moments of review in the past few weeks. And at some point at the end of this year, you will likely be led to consider how 2024 has gone for you. What in it has been a success? What in it has been a failure, perhaps? And when you come to that moment of assessing your year, there will be a number of metrics that you can reach out for in that moment. Perhaps how you're doing in your fitness, how you're doing in your finances, how you're doing in your family. There's a few different metrics that you can use. Now, if you are here today and you are a follower of Jesus, and by the way, if you're here, if you're watching, and you're not a follower of Jesus, you are so welcome. But in particular, if you're here and you are a follower of Jesus, I believe there is a metric for you this year that is supposed to be central. And it is to what extent did I trust Jesus this year? To what extent did I give more of myself to Jesus in faith and confidence? To what extent did I put all the eggs of my confidence, take them out of various baskets and put them in the one basket that is King Jesus? To what extent did I partner with his kingdom purposes on the face of the earth? To what extent did I step out in doing the things that Jesus did Step out in taking risks to go to the places that Jesus was most 
present on the earth. Step out and be with the marginalized, the oppressed. Step out and seek for healing and restoration in King's Cross and beyond. I believe that the metric that Jesus is inviting us into in this year is one of faith and trust in him. KXC, this could be the year that you trust Jesus more than you ever have before. Let's go after that. And let's go after it together. Now, what is it that helps us grow in faith? You see, faith isn't a static thing. So if you're here today and you don't have a lot of faith or you have no faith at all, it is possible for you to grow in faith. I have been reading the story of Abraham again over the past few weeks. And I'm always stunned at what it is that enables this man to leave comfort, familiarity, stability and to step out into a land and a territory he was not familiar with at the voice of the Lord what was it that enabled him to take that step the thing that enables faith if you're here and you don't have a lot or you've got shaky faith that's totally okay there is a way to grow and it is not to go into the corner of your house and seek to drum up faith in religious activity it is simply to ask Jesus this Jesus would you show me more of who you are the key to growing in faith is encounter with Jesus Christ and so over the course of this year there will likely be times when your faith is tested when you experience something of a wobble and you're not a bad Christian in that moment this is part and parcel of the journey of faith but in those moments you simply need to ask Jesus to show you afresh who he is and there is no prayer that he is more keen to to answer than that one. In your moments of need and desperation this year, call on Jesus and he will answer you. And for some people, this might be a day perhaps for the first time that you call on Jesus and you know his swiftness to respond to you. That's a way to grow in faith this year. Now the faith that we are called to, we hold onto it individually. So there is a Christian figure. He says that God has no such thing as grandchildren. He only has children. And in saying that, he doesn't mean to rubbish a legacy of faith. So if you're in here right now and you have a legacy, a heritage of faith in the family, that's a beautiful thing. Please hold onto it and pass it on. He doesn't mean to rubbish that which has been. He simply means to say it is not enough in life with Jesus to ride on the fumes of someone else's experience. Jesus can be known by you personally, and so you ought to know him personally. We hold faith individually, but we don't just hold faith individually. For faith to be sustained, it must be held communally also. And so I want to ask you, if in truth you're going to come to the end of the year and consider how well you trusted in Jesus, if this is going to be the year that you trust him more than you ever have done before, you're going to need some running partners with you on that journey. Who are the people in your life that sustain you in faith? 
Who are the people that you can call on to pray for you in a moment of personal crisis or when you are having a wobble? Who are the people that you can call on in a key moment of decision in your life who won't just give you the received wisdom of the day's headlines or of social media, but will pass on to you the wisdom that we receive in the scriptures? Who are those people that can hold you up when your faith and your hands are faltering? If you are going to live a life of increased faith in Jesus this year, you're going to need people with you. Who are those people for you? I believe that pattern is a tool by which we can have those relationships, a space in which we can invest and have those people alongside us that are our running partners as we pursue Jesus, as we go on this adventure of faith with him. I want to highly commend pattern to you. Now, in this moment, as I've said, I am laying out something of a pattern stall. And I think that language is helpful because you find stalls in markets. You see, it's not just enough for us to do things the Jesus way without attending to them in the manner that Jesus did them. We can't just go after the headlines of faith without sharing some of the core posture of Jesus as we attend to these things. Let's use the market as our analogy in this moment, or metaphor, one of the two. Shout out to English teachers in this room. So let's say that KXC is a market, and in this market there are various stalls. And in this moment, I am setting out the pattern stall. In another moment, somebody might come and they might be setting out the weekend together stall, or the hub stall, or the serving on a Sunday stall. There are these various stalls. And in some way, and this is not the way we should do things, but sometimes it can seem like, and sometimes it can actually be, that we are fighting for consumers and customers in this moment. So I, right now, I'm trying trying to get a good stake of market share on pattern people in this room. And another moment, it might be that someone is coming to get my people and we're in a bit of a tussle and we're coming out and we're saying, I've got this thing. You need this thing. Let's come together and make this thing work for ourselves. And you might come and you might say, you know what? I've got loads of needs and you're here and you've got all this equipment and these beautiful fairy lights. Surely you must be able to do something to move me on in coming by the life that I want. And to the extent to which I set something before you and I say, you've got this need. It, this is how it has been adapted to suit your preferences. Please do come and take hold of it. And the extent to which you come here and you consider what are they going to do today to cater to my interests and preferences. What we are practicing in that moment is the way of Starbucks and not the way of Jesus. It doesn't matter that it has accompanying Bible passages and a beautiful worship team playing beforehand and after. If that is our posture to this moment, if that is our posture to what we are gathering to do in this space, it is something less than the way of Jesus. It's not just enough to do Jesus things. We must do them the Jesus way. And so how might we this year, as we seek to be people, who grow in faith as we seek to be people who take hold of the beautiful resources that have been curated for us to grow in faith. How might we do that the Jesus way? What does it look like to grow in faith with that lens over everything? 
You see, faith is important. Hopefully, I've made that clear. Faith is wonderful. Faith is one of the few things that we can engage in in this world that will stand the test of time, that will stand the eternal litmus test. But there is something that is even greater than faith. And it's not greater than faith in the sense that we move on from faith. We never graduate from faith. Faith is foundational. But this this thing is greater in that it is the culmination of faith. This thing proves that when we're saying we're engaging in a life of faith, we're not simply seeking to use the power of Jesus and co-opt it to suit our purposes, but that when we are engaged in a life of faith, we are actually engaging with the person of Jesus. And to engage the person of Jesus by faith is to necessarily be part of a journey of transformation. And this the thing that proves, the thing that shows that in our walk with Jesus, in our life with Jesus, we are seeking not just his hand, but we are getting to know his heart. The thing that is the evidence of that is love. And so as you go over this year and you want to grow in faith and you're stepping out, you're making a point of doing the things that Jesus did, you're taking risks, and you're also making sure that all that you do for Jesus is sustained by encounter with Jesus. You are being with him along the way. You must attend to how you are becoming like him. How you are becoming a person of love. How we together are becoming a community of love. That is what shows that we do in truth have faith. And for an illustration of what this is not supposed to look like, I'd like to invite you into a day in my life not so far ago from now. You see, I had the opportunity recently of taking part in a few songwriting days. I'm aware I'm moving a lot. I hope this isn't too annoying for the camera people. Thank you so much for your kind service. I took part in a few songwriting days recently. And these things are a huge privilege. It's a real gift to be able to be in these spaces. And a few of us come together and we pull the gifts and talents that God has used, given us. And we seek to come by and produce things that will be a blessing to the church. Part of the overflow of our worship and bless the people of God. It's a real gift to do these things, but it can also be a little bit nervy. It's a little bit exposing to be part of a shared creative adventure, um, especially with people that I don't know from Adam. And so this was one of these days, was heading out to be part of a songwriting day. And in the morning, I got up and I had my time with Jesus. I spent the first hour of my day in the company of my Savior. It tends to be the best part of my day, and then things kind of go downhill from there, but we're working on it. So I have my time with Jesus, and this is a fire time with Jesus, right? Like, I'm fully in it. He's fully in it with me. We're having a great time. And I'm like, you know what? I think today is going to be a good day, and I'm encouraged because I'm about to step into this exposing thing, but I feel really, like, built up from this time. Then I have a bit of, like, a car journey and then arrive at the venue. And real quick, after arriving there, it's very clear to me that quiet time or not, I don't have the resources 
forces in me to go through this day. Now, it might not be super apparent to you, but I am actually something referred to in the literature as an introvert. I am a sociable introvert. I can be an obnoxious introvert. I can even be a loud introvert. But what I am in truth is an introvert. In general, interactions with people cost me something. And interactions with a group of strangers, especially if they're Christians, I seem to have a little bit more bandwidth for non-Christian strangers. But Christian strangers, it just takes something else out of me. So I entered this room and I was very clear to me that I don't have enough in the tank. And this is a bit of a problem because I can spiral internally at a pace that would shock many. So in this situation, my prayer is simple. Help me, Jesus. Now I look at the schedule and that can be really helpful for me as an introvert. So please, if you invite me to something, please have a schedule. You'll be helping me out. I'll be able to have a sense of like what the energy demand and allocation is going to need to be. So I look at the schedule and beyond like the arrival chit chat tea and coffee, we have the first block is 30 minutes in worship, song worship before Jesus. And I am like, praise the Lord. Heaven has thrown me a bone because in this time of worship, we're going to pause the small talk and we're each going to engage our savior. And I'm going to have 30 minutes uninterrupted of asking heaven for help, of turning my gaze upon Jesus and not drowning in self-regard, but beholding my Savior. And in that moment, I'll be topped up. I love to worship Jesus in this way. So by focusing on him, I'll be topped up and hopefully have the resources to go through the rest of this adventure. So we get into the first song, and then we get into the second song. And like I'm like, we got 30 minutes, so I'm just out here warming up. And then someone gets the idea, and I'll leave you to decide whether this idea was from the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. But someone gets the idea that rather than continue singing in this moment, we should stop. And we should share with each other how we are doing today. So how they devise that we do this is that we should each pick three words that capture how we're feeling in this moment and share it with this group of basically strangers. And for those of you who like are perhaps better adjusted socially or just healthy, you can see that as like an opportunity for us to share with each other, to bridge the relational divide, practice a bit of vulnerability. We all have insecurities in this moment. It's not just one person. And that can help us move past this moment better together. This next image for me is somewhat stark, but I'm not in that first category of person. What I was thinking in that moment was how much I would need to stab myself in the eye to be taken straight to A&E so I wouldn't have to endure the rest of this experience. There are few things I hate more in life than moments like this. I find them contrived and cheesy and ineffective. I really, 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 really don't like them. Now, heaven had thrown me one bone, and it seemed like it had been taken away, but don't worry, because my God fights my battles. And I delayed responding for as long as I could, and then it was getting closer. It was getting to me. So I had these three, like, broadly inoffensive terms in my head to share with the group. And then the person who was leading says, has everyone who wants to share shared? I said, it's a lie. It's a miracle. (laughs) That's my out. I don't have to do this thing anymore. And so it was my turn to speak. And I said, well, actually, if I don't have to share, I'd very happily not share. And so that was that. The rest of the room moved on. And then eventually we did what we went there to do, which was write songs and not share our feelings with each other. So that was all good. 
Then about a week later, I'm with another group of people, some of which comprise of people who've been in that writing situation with me and then other people. And then at some point, we're like debriefing that moment and people were saying about the kinds of things that they shared. And then it came up that Dam Lola hadn't shared what she was feeling in that moment. And I was like, yeah, I got the opportunity not to share and I was very happy to take it. And like everything went fine. The rest of the, the day proceeded as it was, as it needed to. There was nothing that was lost in that moment and then a friend of mine said oh well it like it wasn't totally fine like it did kind of change the vibe and the mood in the room when you did that but and that's how he left it he was like <laughs> <laughs> and so we continue our meal we continue our chit chat and then eventually I retire for the night and I have a debrief of the entire day that entire day with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and then we come to this key point in the day and I say and Lord Jesus, did you see what that guy did then? What do you, like, what does he mean doing this? I was having such a hard time. He should, like, give me a break. It was really hard for me. I was feeling insecure. I don't know what these people want from me. Is it by force to share how I feel with strangers? So I was just processing it with the Lord, telling him how I was doing. And then I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me. Now, this isn't verbatim Holy Spirit speak, so please don't send me an email. But just in general, I feel that the Lord speaks to me with a bit more vim than he might speak to the average person and the overall tenor of how I felt the Lord respond to me in that moment was dear Damilola would you like a sangria with your self-absorption <laughs> right I know, right? Vim, 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 vim. Thank God he loves me. But in the midst of that, the Lord helped me see that all I was repeating were I statements. I felt this. I was uncomfortable. I was insecure. I had no time for how anybody else was feeling in that moment. I was all wrapped up in myself. Now, do I think it is part and parcel of my life with Jesus to be subjected to these moments of forced disclosure? Absolutely not. But was there something that I was in being invited into in that moment, even amidst being deprived of my time alone with Jesus? Was there something beyond myself that Jesus was seeking to draw me into? Could it be that Jesus was seeking to minister to me through the people in that space and believe it or not, have me minister to them too beyond drowning in my insecurity? Absolutely. There was something that I failed to see and there was an invitation that I failed to take hold of in that moment. And both through the witness of this friend who shrugged his shoulders like this and also from a friend in my pattern that I got to process this with, I got to see that there was more going on than me and how I felt. There was something else that Jesus had for me and there is something else that Jesus has for you and I as we follow him. It is the decentering of ourselves that we might know his love and that we might both receive his love from and convey his love to other people. This is what it is to do the things of Jesus, the Jesus way. The people around us are not obstacles to our experience of Jesus. They are means for us to meet with him and to share him this is what I missed in that moment and I praise God for these dear friends who were Jesus to me in that moment because I praise God 
I praise Jesus that he loves me amidst my self-absorption. Jesus isn't holding out extra measures of his love, holding them away from me until I get to a particular stage of maturity. The thing that I am so grateful for in the gospel is that while I was yet and persist in being a sinner, Christ, Christ Jesus died for me. Jesus loves me as I am, and the depth of his affection to me in this moment cannot be measured. And yet there is an agenda of Jesus, much like there is an agenda with me in this moment. Jesus has an agenda in loving us. He loves us as we are into who we are called to be. He loves us both in the depth of his affection for us and in the manner of his correction of us. Hebrews 12 lets us know that God disciplines those that he loves. He doesn't just see us going the wrong way and wink at us. He seeks to draw us, to bring us back to the path of life, the path of righteousness. And that is a work that Jesus is doing in me by his spirit but I also received the work of Jesus in that moment through my friends who are also filled with his spirit and they loved me like he loves me in the sense that there was no sense amidst these interactions that their love for me depended on how I responded to them in that moment there was no sense that they were going to withdraw their love if I gave the wrong answer or top up their love if I did the right thing they were for me, and I knew it. But also their being for me meant that they sought to push me along in the way of Jesus. They sought for me to not be comfortable where I am. They acted as a mirror to me in that moment to see myself that I might see more of Jesus realized in me. As we come and engage in church, as we be the people of God, to be in church is not to be in a space where sin is absent. To be in church is to be in a place, to be part of a community, a family where sin is rightly handled. We are those who neither magnify sin nor minimize sin. So we don't magnify sin. Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. There is no sin. There is no depth of depravity. There is no mistake. There is no wrong turn that Jesus in his kindness cannot redeem when we turn to him in repentance. Nothing, nothing at all that is beyond the power, the redemptive power of the cross of Jesus and so we recognize what sin is but we don't magnify it we magnify the work of Jesus but alongside that we do not minimize sin either because if sin if the weight of our sin if the darkness of our sin led the son of God to the cross and bear this in mind not just a top angelic minion but God himself was in Christ on the cross reconciling all things to himself. If our sin and the dysfunction in this world, rebellion in this world, necessitated the death of God, then how dare we tolerate it, laugh at it, wink at it in our midst. We are those who do not magnify, neither do we minimize sin. We rightly handle it in that we bring it before the cross of Jesus. And where we find it in ourselves, in love and in commitment, we bring Bring it up to the 
light and we usher it into the presence of Jesus and we continue to grow in freedom, in faith, and in love. That is what it is to be a Christian and that is what it is to be the family of God together. There is something in this that we are called to individually, but it absolutely has to shape how we engage with each other in community. Now, a brief word to anyone in this moment who doesn't like what I am saying. You're not alone. To a significant degree, I also don't like the things that I'm saying. I'm not saying them because I like them. I'm saying them because I believe them to be true. And KXE will most bless you and I, not when we most enjoy it, but when we are most being formed in and through it. So let that be the thing that we attend to overall. There will be pain and hurt and misunderstanding and miscommunication involved in our journey of being those who are growing in faith and love together as part of this community. It is part of the bag. Now, I don't mean that to excuse abuse. There is a distinction to be made here. Don't mean this to speak or cover over abuse. There is no toleration for that. And if you think you are being abused or you have concerns that someone in this community is being abused, please do reach out at Safeguard at kxc.org.uk. We take these things extremely seriously. But barring abuse, love in any real form involves pain or at least the vulnerability to pain. And in the midst of that, we are called to persevere because on the other side of that pain is joy. Jesus says in John 15, I am telling you these things that your joy would be full, that it would be full to overflow. And you know, amidst our various stories of hurt in church, and there are many stories, perhaps as many as there are people represented in this space in the overflow online many stories of hurt and pain and trauma in church but do you know who has been hurt the most by the church indeed Jesus Jesus Christ has his name dragged in the mud every single day by people that are supposed to be his followers. We see this in the countless scandals of those who are celebrities or those who occupy a position of prominence in the church. And we also see this in the many inward and perhaps unseen compromises of those who bear the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ has his name tarnished every single day by those who have been called to bear it. If heaven had a PR team worth its salt, Jesus Christ would have no association with the church any longer. And yet Jesus Christ still is associated with his church. He identifies with church. He loves his church, not just as his favorite charitable organization on the face of the earth, but as his bride. Jesus Christ perseveres in love over his church. And he calls you and I, as we seek to become people of love, to persevere too. Because we as the church are those who have been persevered over. And so to wrap this up, what am I trying to say? There is a pattern training night on the 13th of February at 7 p.m. I would love to see you there. But beyond that, KXC, 
I believe Jesus is calling us to trust in him in 2024 like we have never trusted him before. I believe he is inviting us into an adventure of faith, an adventure of freedom, and at points, discomfort. As we regularly say here at KXC, we don't have a map, we have a guide. To have faith in Jesus is not just to seek his hand to be manifested in the moment, it is to be drawn into his heart and to know communion and fellowship with him. We are KXC. We don't have a map. We have a guide. And for our purposes this afternoon, we also have companions on the journey. This year, can we prioritize being formed in faith? And can we keep it clear and central that for us to grow in faith necessarily means growing in love. Love for God and love for each other. If you would like to explore how pattern can help you in that, please do come along. But in Jesus' name, may pattern not be the only space where we practice sacrificial love in this community. May it mark everything that we do. May we not come to this place to further our ends. May we come to this place to participate in the mission of Jesus as we encounter the person of Jesus. May that be our testimony in 2024 and beyond. Amen? Amen. Amen. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Love.